Welcome to While Doing Laundry, a podcast for parents with mountains of laundry and a heart for change. I'm your host, Emily Edwards, and I'll be your guide on this weekly ethical exploration of parenthood. I'm a nurse, a mom, and a fierce advocate for choice. When I became a parent, I quickly realized I had overestimated how much I knew about anything that actually mattered and underestimated the sheer volume of laundry I would have to deal with. So if you're anything like me, I'm ready to challenge those old beliefs, learn new ways to view the world, and finally feel like you're embracing the massive, messy transformation that is parenthood. Don't go anywhere. Grab your laundry basket and some earbuds, and let's get started listening to this week's episode. Hey, welcome back to While Doing Laundry. This week, we are going to be talking about the three books I recommend you read while pregnant. To be honest, this question comes up a lot, and every single time I stumble around what to say and what books I recommend, because to be honest, this was not something I really did when it came to my own pregnancies. And it felt, oh gosh, why on earth would someone else want to read when there's so many other ways to get this info? And then I remembered back to the fact that I did read these books, except I was in high school. I was reading midwifery textbooks. I was reading works by Ina May Gaskin. And I had long, you know, been been there, done that, got the t-shirts. So now that I'm reframing this question, I'm thinking if I hadn't have been introduced to those things so early on, what would I recommend now? Obviously, I've got plans. There's going to be a good birth company book one day that will really help everybody make their way through. However, I'm always eager to help steer people away from books such as What to Expect While Expecting or something like that. That is not what you want to do. Anything that typically has become very mainstream and very popular when it comes to reproductive health is something I will absolutely caution you from consuming. I am a lover of many mainstream things, but mainstream maternity education or reproductive health education tends to err on the side of very medical, very fear-based, and often fairly inaccurate. What I do suggest is reading a few very specific things by some brilliant leaders in the space also opening your mind up uh, to the experience of other people who have been pregnant, who have tried to get pregnant, and who have given birth in many ways. So I will share my three recommendations. Before we even get into any books related to your pregnancy or birthing, in particular, or breastfeeding, or anything like that, I'm going to suggest that you listen to, as you listen to, um, I always listen to audiobooks, and that's where I'm, where I'm coming 
from with that. So either reading or listening to Killing the Black Body. If you are a white pregnant person listening to this is where you need to start. And if you are someone who is not white and pregnant and listening to this, this classic by Dorothy Roberts is something you may already be familiar with. And if you haven't read it, I, I do preface this with there. It's heavy. It's very heavy. I'm making my way through it slowly, to be honest, in bits and pieces as I'm listening. But I already know that this is something that is foundational to anyone who works within the reproductive space, but also anyone who exists within the reproductive space. I think for myself, this podcast is called An Ethical Exploration of Parenthood. And it needs to start at the very beginning. So Killing the Black Body, it is something that will help you to understand the immense privilege you have and even existing and being pregnant. But what I wanted to grow from that conversation was this book helps you understand and see how far-reaching discrimination, racism, uh, reproduction, and how intricately interwoven it is. And again, we need to start parenthood through this lens. And if you haven't had the opportunity to read it or even dip your toes into any topics like this, now is the time. Definitely get your hands on it. And like I said, Audible is a really easy way to consume a lot more uh, literature. So highly recommend it. The second book is one that I have waffled back and forth about including. I think it is a beautiful book. I think it is full of inspiration. I think it's full of power. I think it's full of hope. But I also know that it can lead people down a very idyllic path. And that is why I I proceeded with such trepidation about recommending the book by Ina May Gaskin that I'm, I'm about to discuss. Gaskin's Guide to Childbirth is a cult classic, if you will, amongst birth workers and natural birth movement followers. Really, she is the original hip, old hippie midwife. Without, again, yeah, I won't give you the whole synopsis of the book itself, but if you are not familiar with Ina May Gaskin, I recommend you check her out. Again, this book, I'll explain why I think it's important, but she just as an individual, she's one of, I believe she's still the only midwife to have any sort of obstetrical maneuver named after her, which is the Gaskin maneuver to help fix shoulder dystocia. We also have uh, the fact that she has a farm. Like she's this, it was a place in Tennessee where people could come from literally like anywhere. They would travel to live and work there and give birth there. Because of the culture of birth. Ida Mae Gaskin believed so deeply and wholly in the capability of the human body to birth that she, that's just what happened. The stories that are shared in 
this book in particular, like you said, are inspirational and full of hope. They're stories of these people, again, who've given birth on the farm in their homes, surrounded by very skilled midwives, and they have extremely low cesarean or transfer rates at all from the farm, and very low maternal morbidity, mortality, and any kind of newborn complications. As I'm sharing this, all of these specific statistics have left my brain, but I do know that those numbers were so incredibly low. And that is the part that I love about this book. It highlights that it is possible, that we do not have to accept the status quo intervention, cascade of interventions leading to a surgical birth. We This is showing us that there is another path, that there are more options available. The thing that I find disappointing or concerning about this book is that it's very hard to replicate the environments of the farm in the majority of places that people give birth. The belief in our body is not the only thing that we need to have a peaceful intervention-free birth or even a birth that we might identify as satisfying. Because definitely there is a strong correlation in terms of IMA Gaskin's teachings and the results that the farm gets, that it does tend to, to make you feel that is the superior way, or it is the best way, or it's the better way than the hospital. The same way that the opposite end of the spectrum, institutional birth, the medical industrial complex, makes you feel that the best way is in the hospital, the safest way is in the hospital. But where I come in is that middle ground and where I say, again, those stories are brilliant and inspiring. And we want to have that confidence in our body that we can rock that. But what we fail to appreciate is the majority of pregnant people in Canada and the United States give birth in a hospital. And the outcomes and the progression of labor and birth will not look like what it looks like on the farm. No matter how hard we try, how no matter the lighting, the scents, the things that happen in the room even, we can really control a lot. But the fact is, the beauty of the farm is that you have been able to experience your pregnancy in this community, surrounded by people around you, your Build up to actually giving birth is very strategic and that you continue to work on the farm, you work in the collective, people closely watch you and support you along the way and then allow you to birth in your own environment. And it's very obvious that right off the bat that if we are going to give birth in a hospital, we are already stepping outside of our environment and into someone else's. That also makes people feel that perhaps home birth would be the best option or the superior option for them because it's their environment and they will have control over it. Again, where we fail to recognize the fact is we are still utilizing universal healthcare services. We are utilizing the services and care of a midwife who can provide care for a home birth. But that midwife has also been trained and works within a medical system. And that midwife is still accountable 
and often has their own scope of practice dictated to them by the hospital where they can transfer you to. So you can see how even in you know the best case scenario in our North American Western medical system, there are going to be things that happen that we cannot avoid or we cannot erase completely to mimic the environment of the farm. And that is the part that I think is so important to know before you read this book, because trust me, it fires you up and it makes you feel literally like you can do anything, which is what I want for you. But I also really want you to understand that there are some really practical, tactical, strategic things that you will have to do in preparation to have an experience similar to that. And to be honest, I really think that a incredibly powerful birth is possible regardless of the environment, regardless even of how you give birth, vaginal, uh, a cesarean birth, an instrumental vaginal birth, whatever. All of those can be powerful and moving and feel so satisfying for you. And that is the message I want you to pull. Not that the only way to have those feelings is to replicate the farm. So let it open your mind. Let it open your eyes to the possibilities and the what ifs and what could be and what you want, but don't let it hinder you in the sense of only believing in your body and trusting that going with the flow is good enough. So sorry to interrupt this week's episode of While Doing Laundry, but I have some big news. I am hosting a free masterclass for pregnant people. Yes, you heard that right. A totally free masterclass just for you. Where do I even start? It's one of the most common questions I get asked by pregnant people. I get it. Pregnancy can feel so daunting. You're not alone and you really don't have to do it alone. How to prepare for the pregnancy of your dreams in four easy steps will take you from stressed about what to expect to excited for what's about to happen. I created this free masterclass for pregnant people who have no clue where to start. It can feel so overwhelming looking at all of the things you have to do in what feels like so little time. Pregnancy is a time-limited thing. You don't have the opportunity to press pause while you figure it all out, and you really don't want to be Googling your way through it. Pregnancy doesn't have to feel like a lonely, isolated island. It is meant to be celebrated and meant to be enjoyed with the community around you. So come and join me Tuesday, April 6th at 8 p.m for a live interactive event. This is all about you and how to navigate your pregnancy. It literally can be the experience of your dreams. There's just a few little tricks to make sure it happens that way. You can sign up by going to thegoodbirthco.com 
slash prenatal class. I can't wait to see you there. Let's get to up-leveling this pregnancy experience and making sure you have a dignified birth. Once we get into the medical system, it isn't our flow, it's their flow. And we need to plan for that. Ina Mae Gaskin also has a book called Ina Mae Gaskin's Guide to Breastfeeding. So if breastfeeding is something that is on your radar, perhaps you're curious about it and you're not really sure how you want to infant feed. Perhaps you are wholeheartedly set on it and cannot wait. Or maybe you're just looking to consume as much information as you possibly can right now. That book would be my, my first suggestion for, again, that inspiration and that hope of seeing how breastfeeding relationships can grow and how they can work so well. Here in Canada, we exist in a really kind of funny in-between culture where there's a lot of support for breastfeeding. There's a lot of talk about breastfeeding. And we also have people on the other side of the spectrum. I personally think when we can read things that open our minds to all of the possibilities and all of the good that can come from even taking on challenging uh, projects such as breastfeeding, I think it provides us with a great head start. And while I wouldn't say that, again, just like the childbirth guide, I don't think it's an exhaustive guide. I don't think it's a complete guide, but it is a great starting point that can catapult you forward into learning more. So number three would be Penny Simpkins' birth partner. That book was actually written for birth partners. It is a again, one of those cult classics that make it onto almost every doula training reading list. And it was written for the person that's supporting the person giving birth. But I honestly have yet to find another, any book that does such a good job for either person. I, I love it for so many reasons. It is really an encyclopedia of all of the things you need to know. Again, I am never somebody who believes in using just one source for your information, but in terms of that encyclopedia, basic, like this term, this word I heard, what does this mean? It is a great resource. Annie Simkin also does a tremendous job when it comes to talking about pain and the experience of suffering and how to manage pain and cope with pain and labor. And this is why I, I love this book juxtaposed to Ida Mae Gaskin's. Because again, hers is so extreme in one lane, whereas Penny takes the opportunity um, to use the her experience of working with sexual assault survivors and traumatic abuse survivors in the birth experience to really view pain management and pain control as a critical component of a good birth experience. You might be thinking, what the hell is Emily talking about? Pain control? What? I 
don't talk a lot about pain control and the ways we can manage and cope with pain typically in my education or on really anything because I have a funny relationship with pain and I don't feel that I am a real expert when it comes to coping with pain. I, funny, I say it out loud, but I am someone who is very internal and copes with pain that way. And it was Penny Simpkins, um, that book, but there's particularly a scale within the book that she has developed that is a questionnaire and you can then discover where your personal pain needs lie and what you need to do about that. That is the part that I love so much because she talks about pain as not a moral experience or something that we must endure or that we don't have to endure or like we we can just wish it away with an epidural. She takes it from the angle of seeing it as a piece of our birth experience that we need to know about very intimate things about ourselves first before we can make any decisions about it. Because pain and suffering looks different for everyone. And there is no blanket approach to providing comfort and support to someone who is giving birth and who is laboring. Because all of the sensations and feelings and reasons why you're in pain can be very unique. So I recommend Penny Simpkins book, Birth Partner, for the pain chapters alone. If you are somebody who is really concerned about how birth will feel and how you're going to cope, this is the book for you. And I also wanted to add that just because I don't talk a lot about all of the options uh, for pain control doesn't mean that I'm not aware of them and I'm not knowledgeable about them, but I do find that pain is such a very intimate topic that it's something that's best explored usually in a one-to-one conversation because we forget that our pain stories go right back to our childhood to the way that we were either validated or invalidated when we expressed how our bodies felt. This includes if we have experienced or survived any type of abuse, It's impacted by current health history and medications that you're taking. It could include traumatic history, which I said, but in terms of not towards your body, but just in general or an emotional psychological trauma, all of those things play into how you feel pain. And that is so deep. So, We are fed the story from mainstream media and TV that birth is an experience that is full of suffering. And on the opposite spectrum, we are often shown that the experience of natural birth, if you do it all the right way, will be joyful, will be rainbows and unicorns, and it's all going to be lovely, and you're going to be perfect and walk out of the hospital a few hours later, and all is good. I'm here to tell you, your experience will likely fall in the middle somewhere. If you have never experienced the sensations of labor, you cannot grasp how you will truly interact with those feelings. 
but you can look to what you know about yourself already and make a really good plan of how you would want to explore that. So definitely pick up birth partner. Those are, and I have a really old dog-eared copy that I've flipped through a million times. I've used, again, that, that pain assessment chart, which I will look and see if there's an available copy online somewhere because I do think that it is so awesome. Uh, and if anyone has any other recommendations, any favorite books that they think are absolutely imperative for a pregnant person to read, definitely let me know. Continue this conversation on Instagram. I will be hanging out there and compiling a juicy list. The one thing I did want to mention was recently uh, Black Mom's blog did share a post about a lot of great um, alternatives for Black parents in replacement of what to expect when expecting. So those titles will be making their way to, to the show notes as well. The great thing about consuming literature focused on pregnancy, birth, and postpartum while you're pregnant is that you don't have to finish any book if you don't like it. Close it, pick up a new one. You can also flip through books and find chapters that speak to you. There is no right way to start to educate yourself about this experience. The thing that is so important is that you are making an effort to learn something new because through that will come new questions and more exploration and just a better experience. I hope you were able to get through that pile of laundry you had in front of you and get a little snuggle in with any kids perhaps that snuck in during your time. I will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to While Doing Laundry. I hope you're feeling enlightened and your own pile of clothing is a little bit smaller. If you love what you heard, it would mean so much to me if you hit subscribe and left a quick rating and review so more people just like you can explore parenthood while doing laundry.